Hey, Dana, we created something really exciting I need to talk to you about. Was it Circles? Uh, it was more than that, Dana. It was actually... Was it the podcast? It was, it was even more than that. Was it Patreon? More. Keep going. You was know what it was? It a Facebook group? A Facebook group. We created a Facebook group that is safe for everybody. And we made this so you can feel comfortable if you're a developing medium to be amongst people that are like you and not having a place where you have to pay for it. What? Because it's free, Dana. Can you imagine a ad where we're not asking you for anything? I, I don't know. want you to buy anything. This what is the free. Hell? It's free. So go to Matt and Dana's student mediumship community on Facebook. It is a private group where you can find sitters. You can do intuitive exercises and you can hang out with some really awesome people. So that's Matt and Dana's mediumship development group on Facebook. We'll put the link in the bio and like wherever yeah. else links are found, but you know, you don't have to buy anything and Mark Zuckerberg can still suck it, but yeah. here you go. Well, we don't know him. He goes to a different school, mm -hmm. but we thank him for his platform. Thank you. Bye, <laughs> Press A button to activate spirit gloss mode. We are two best friends who happen to be psychic mediums. We do readings, we teach, we mentor, and we love to laugh. Yeah, and you know what? We love to cry too because we're heartstring pulling leather truckers. Oh, ooh. Warning, this is rated E for explicit, so if you don't like the word fuck, you should probably turn your ass around. Turn it around. Don't look back, run. But if you're sticking around, it's time for another episode of I'm a Medium. Ask me how. Hello. Hello, Matthew Tao. Are you ready? I'm ready for another episode of I'm a Medium. Ask me how, Dana Ville. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I didn't know we were doing accents this episode. I would have prepared. Well, I felt spontaneous. So I just was like, oh, okay. go with it. You know, you felt inspired by Mikhail to, mm -hmm. for those of you that don't know, that's, that's uh, Matt's alter ego when he wants to talk in his accent. Mm -hmm. But your dad mm -hmm. just calls me Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, um, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I like the pink hat. And, and if you guys are watching on, on YouTube, we've got a pink hat. Yeah. I just was like, you know what? I need to up my pink game. I'm not pink enough. No, you know, and I, let's just take a moment for how long it took you to get to pink hat status. Like this far too long. Far too long. I think I was in like, um, I was in the red zone for yeah. getting this pink hat. No, I just, I, we made a new friend on TikTok and he is has amazing hats okay mm -hmm. and he paints he paints with dead people's ashes frederico and i was mm -hmm. like i gotta up my hat game this this mother truck is gonna come take my title of cool hats so yeah that's where we so live this now. is this is where we live now so now we're in pink zone and you know we've talked about merch where this is not a mm -hmm. this we're not trying to promote merch because we have none to promote maybe someday <laughs> but i say that when we do have merch mm -hmm. it's pink hat we got to do pink hat merch. We should. We should. I, I mean, I, yeah. the, maybe right now isn't the time that we should be having our, our business meeting of, of planning merch. But I think I think it's key that we have a pink hat 
in our merch. Only if the inside brim can say all pink. It's all pink inside. And get it? <laughs> Do I get it? That'd be a dope Do hat. I get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nobody would get the joke because nobody could see inside the hat, but we would know. We would know. And you would know. Because we all know it's pink inside. Well, Dana yeah. Willie, I think we beat a pink horse to the to the ground or buried it in the yard. I don't know what the saying is, but we beat a dead horse. Yes. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about in this episode. We have a lot to go back and kind of scale it back a little bit. I think we need to go back to user friendly. We want to we want to start at the basics, and you know I think this is even going to be a great episode for people who have been doing this forever, right? Because mm-hmm. you know we get asked a lot of questions all the time, and I think we get asked it because we obviously teach development and all of that. But where do I start? What are these things? What's going on? But even a more developed medium is like. I've got, I'm very strong here. I'm very strong here, but I'm not so strong here. And I think it's more bringing awareness of what expectations are, because I think sometimes when we see things on TV or the movies, we have these big expectations of what it should feel like when we see something or when we hear something or when we know something that we dismiss it. And so I think this is going to be a great podcast for everybody just to like return back to basics. Like what is the core of anything? And maybe if you're really strong in one of these areas, we're going to try to give you some tips and tricks on how to um, enhance the things that you already have and also be more well-balanced and things that you have opportunities to grow on. And then we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about a little bit of, of places that you can grow and stretch and do all of that as well. So how do Buckle we even up, start? Yeah. How do we Why? even start? Cause we're, we talk about, we're, we're obviously, this is, I'm a medium, ask me how, but this mm-hmm. is like psychic and mediumship stuff, right? Yeah. Well, when one person loves another person, Dana Willie, and they decide to get married. No, no that's, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first I think we need to talk about energy and what energy mm-hmm. is and what energy isn't. Um, energy is in all of us. I think we're all energy and we all have an aura and we all have a soul. And so when you're like, you're soulless, no, they got one. That's just an insult Mm -hmm. that you just gave, but they got one. Um, But it's a part of our energy. And as we expand our energy as a psychic or a medium, we can pick up information. Um, It's like a little radio frequency. And so I think starting at the beginning, at the beginning with energy is where we need to start. Um, I'm going to talk about it from a mediumship standpoint, and then I'm going to pass it over to you for the psychic standpoint, if you don't mind. So for the mediumship standpoint, uh, when the soul leaves the body, it's it's energy. It just loses the shell of the uh, car, essentially, your meat suit. And so then you're a person, but you just don't have a confinement of um, a body to hold it in there. So it essentially can go anywhere it wants to. Now, what a medium does is we all have a power center and we all have energy. And I kind of always, for some reason, always go to the heart area. I'm just going to do that because I'm comfortable talking about it that way. But we expand our energy out. We expand our awareness. We expand our vibration of our energy and spirit 
or the person that has no body will come into our awareness and they'll blend with us and they'll transmit information. So that's my understanding of mediumship 101, where to start is understanding we have an energy, they have an energy, and there's a blending of an energy. And that's where the blending part where they touch is the information relaying from one energy to another. Absolutely. And all mediums use their psychic senses. So whether Mm -hmm. you're a psychic getting information for somebody you're reading for, or you're at a location and you're psychically picking up information about a location, or you're a medium, we all perceive information through our psychic senses, right? And Mm -hmm. so I always like to think of like psychism as this huge umbrella that a lot of different things can be under. And mediumship is one of those things that can be under that psychic umbrella. Reiki could be under the uh, umbrella. Um, Psychometry, remote viewing, there's all kinds of different things that can be under that psychic umbrella, right? But at the core of it all, we use our clairs, which is the fancy way of saying how we perceive information coming in. And just like us as humans, we see, we smell, we taste, we touch, we know things. Same thing goes the same for spirit or for psychic information coming in. We perceive things the same way. Sometimes we just know it, and that is known as claircognizance. Sometimes we feel things, whether that be emotion or actually like experiencing something in our bodies, like maybe somebody had stomach issues, so we might feel something in our stomach or somebody had a heart attack and we might feel something in our heart. It can be feeling or feeling something in our bodies or it can be emotional. That's clairsentience. There's clairvoyance. A lot of people hear about clairvoyance, like I'm a clairvoyant meaning like I'm a seer or whatever, but clairvoyance is just a fancy way of saying clairseeing. So we might mm-hmm. see things in our mind's eye or out in the world. Uh, clair, uh, audience, where we are hearing things, perceiving things through hearing. Uh, there, now I'm, now I'm losing track of where, where I'm at. Uh, clair aliens, which mm-hmm. is smelling. And Claire Gustin's, which is tasting. So all of those are different ways and pieces and parts that we're going to get information about whatever we're trying to tap into. So whether that's mediumistic stuff, because we're a medium, ask me how, or whether we're doing Reiki healing or whatever, those are the ways that things are going to start to come in for us and how we're going to get information. Now, you might find that you are stronger in one of those things. And you might find like, I don't have that. I can't taste anything. I've never tasted anything. It doesn't mean that you don't have it. It just means that you haven't had an awareness of it yet or haven't had an experience with it. And you have some opportunity to to develop it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think everyone has them all. So I I love when Mm -hmm. people come into our chat and they're like, a psychic told me one time that I had gifts and they didn't tell me what gifts I had. So can you tell me what gifts I have? And I'm always like, you got all of them. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm so powerful. And I'm like, yeah, I know. You're so powerful. You, but it all all comes of you are an, so powerful. Yeah, it all comes in an unfoldment process. And it's mm-hmm. like um, going to development circles is like going to the gym. 
And as you start to go to the gym and as you start to go to development circles, you'll get stronger and better and faster and quicker and more endurance. So everything can be tied back to mediumship, even weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, we, but it really is left. true. The more the more that you do it, the more you experience it. Now, what the difference between both of them is, is that spirit, I think spirit knows a divine timing for everything and the way that the unfoldment goes. But I also think it's based on the work that we put into our mediumship mm-hmm. development or psychic development that unfolds things. I also think personal development helps unfold things as well. I think it all goes together in this tiny little bow. Um, but there's different parts. And so when you do see a lot of people saying, well, I'm only a clairvoyant reader, well, that's because you're the most comfortable with clairvoyancy. That does not mean that you don't have them all. And I would highly mm-hmm. encourage you to challenge yourself to develop them all. Because the more right. clairs you have, the more abilities that spirit can work with you and the more information that you can get. And you know what is the best feeling, Dana Willie? Hmm. When things come in multi-layered. Yeah, when it's we have more multiple experience, mm-hmm. multiple clairs and, firing at once. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a misconception with the clairs as well, is that one clear can only fire at a time or like I'm only seeing things. Well, we are humanly built to have emotional reactions to the experiences of the stimulus that we consume in a day's time. And a good indication of this would be we'd never cry at a movie ever if we are only seeing it or we are only hearing it, right? So the emotion of what we're moving is clairsentient. We are having an emotional reaction to the visual stimulus of a movie, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're seeing something, you can actually capture a mood in it of how Mm -hmm. it's making, well, how a spirit world's making you feel. But it's also a little bit of us, I think, I'm going to go against everything that I've ever, ever known here. I think a little bit of us just kind of talks about our experience as if it's happening to us, but I think spirit guides us there to have that emotional reaction. So mm-hmm. I always like to now think that spirit's like a director of a movie, right? So they're telling their story, but it's for us to go on the adventure with them to explain the emotional story without an investment in it. And so I, I feel like that's how mediumship happens to us not from us does that make sense that does that does i think i went a little bit of a deep dive there but it's really kind of going back to basics of you have them all they will come in time don't feel like you don't have them all or you never get them they will happen i I can guarantee and promise you but i i've seen trends of how they happen to people but they're not always consistently the same Mm -hmm. so uh claire audient typically not always will come in last it's usually one of those last clairs that really develop but for some people that'll be your primary clair where it'll come in first but a lot of people stress the seeing and hearing Mm -hmm. they want to see and hear (laughs) well and then there's the for me i always have to share this story because i dismissed that i was a medium for the longest time because i wasn't seeing everything like Mm -hmm. what I thought everybody else was seeing. I was feeling, I was knowing, I was hearing things all the time, but I wasn't, I like to say, I didn't see shit. Like, like, and so every medium that I saw was like, I'm seeing this person in front of me. They have long blonde hair. They have a mole right here on their face and da, 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 da. And I was like, I don't see anything. Like I'm not a medium because I'm not getting any of that. 
So we dismiss a lot of times what abilities we have access to or, or the clairs that we do have, and they're just as important. So overemphasizing mm-hmm. the importance of one clair over another, I think, you know, I always share that story because I know that I'm not the only one. And I, every time I share that story in development circle, there's always two or three in the circle like me too. Because I think that a lot of mediums, I would say probably 70% of mediums that start are very clairvoyant. They start seeing mm-hmm. a lot of things, right? But that's not the rule. There's no, the, the first rule in developing is that there are no rules. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your experience and your path is your path. There's guidelines and there's like, well, this happened to so-and-so and I can look at this and there's some, some general guidelines, but your path and, and everything that you're going through is unique to you. And this is why we never want to compare your journey to anybody else's. It's your journey. Because I dismissed myself forever because I wasn't seeing things the way that I thought everybody else was seeing things. And I want to get to that, Matt, because I think there's... You know, I kind of said it in our intro today of Hollywood, even watching other mediums, the way that they talk about things. We as the audience perceive that they're receiving information in a way that may not be authentic to the actual experience that the way that this happens, right? So I thought it would be fun to kind of go through each Claire. And you and I have different strengths and different opportunities with each of these Claire's. And we have... Our mediumship is very different. We're di- t- we obviously teach together. We have this podcast together, but our mediumship is very different. So I thought we've got two different people here. Let's give our experience with each of these Claire's and how we experience each of them. And then maybe Ooh. some things that we've worked on to strengthen them for both of us. So mm-hmm. what do you think? Let's do it. Where, okay. Where, where do you, what do you where think? Do you want to start with? You start well, let's with go with your... With you, Bottom up. What's the bottom? <laughs> clear sentience and up. Okay. Clear okay. sentience in the gut, right? It's okay. The gut. Well, yeah. 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 I was like, oh my God. What's... I just wanted to say bottom. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so clear sentient um, is not necessarily just the gut, right? It's more feeling everywhere, right? This is why I say, see, feel, touch, taste, hear. I don't want to learn a new vocabulary. Fuck this shit. I'm out. <laughs> let's make let's yeah. let's make this easy. Claire, Thank you. Clairsentience, clairfeeling. Yes, clairsentient, clairfeeling. Uh, it comes in a couple different forms. I think this is a hard one to decipher, first and foremost. I think uh, for me, it can mean a couple of things. I can have an emotional reaction, which is more of feeling, right? So I'm having an emotional feeling. Um, I worked really hard on that with my clairvoyance, my clear seeing, when I started practicing moods. Like you'd look at pictures and you'd capture a mood of it. And like, you know how your brain is really smart and it can tell what time of day it is just by looking at a photo? Like you can get a good idea. You you essentially could be wrong. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the times you you get a tone with a photo photo or a mood. uh, And that really kind of helped me lock in what I was feeling to any other Claire that was firing was why is it making me feel this way? How am I experiencing that? And just surrendering and being okay with it because it's essentially what spirit's doing is impressing that feeling on me. Um, Also touching, 
like I also get like senses of like pressure on my body. Um, I never really had something where it'd be like super debilitating where I'm like, oh my God, no. Because I don't think like they want to get us to that point where they just want to convey it and they want, well, for me, they want to convey it and move on, right? They don't want to be like, <laughs> I got him by the heart. <laughs> it's literally more of like a pressure in my chest. It'll be a touching or a light sensation um, or a little bit of discomfort, but it's not enough that can take me out. So if I feel like a little and they always do this, I always imagine their hand going like this, because anytime that there's like a restriction to the throat or I'll feel like I'm being suffocated, they'll do that to me. So like they know exactly how where to touch me like a little like a little voodoo doll <laughs> to try to mm-hmm. get the point across. But really, it'll come in two ways. But people only associate it with like actual touching. But your emotional reaction is also clear sentience and how mm-hmm. you're emotionally describing something. Yep. Um, yep. I think that also I would agree with everything you said. Um, something as well with the clear sentience um, and clear feeling is starting to have an awareness of when spirit enters into your awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we might feel something enter in on our right side or our left side. Yep. But I think for you, it comes in on your right side too. They always, always come here. in on my right. Mm-hmm. Um they also kind of linger kind of behind me sometimes and um, that sort of thing. But having some awareness of where they are on your body and where you feel them around mm-hmm. you. So it may not just be like a poking or anything, but you may feel like a a, a, just a little something, a little pressure, or you might feel tingles or, or any kind of awareness against your skin. You might feel coldness. Anything like that is also just that's feeling. So we have to like not so much get so technical and like, I feel a heart attack or something like that, but just having understanding of like feeling when something shifts or changes in the room, starting Mm -hmm. to build a sensitivity of like, okay, my room felt like this and now it feels like this. And starting to build that sensitivity of like when something shifts or changes in our surroundings. Mm -hmm. Um, Also like, I, I think I... I feel things, they always like bring it to my body where they had issues in their body. So if they had a knee issue, I'm going to feel something in my knee. And I would agree with you. Um, I, I will feel, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I will feel a little bit of pain, but it's not debilitating like you said. And I will say that it doesn't stay. So it's never like something that lingers and holds on forever. It's enough to tell me what it is. And then it goes away. It doesn't hurt me or anything like that. Um, and then of course the emotional, and I can feel the personality and I, and it's more of like how I would experience them. If I first met them, do I feel comfortable around them? Like, is this somebody I would want to hang out with? Mm -hmm. It's kind of my experience of like how I feel around this person. And so that's also how I would explain clairsentience. Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off. I have a question about like when you're first becoming aware of them, how, what does it feel like to you when they're in your awareness? Like when they're to the right of you, what does that feel like for you? I definitely feel like, I, well, it's like somebody's watching me. Mm-hmm. I have the, the, somebody's watching me. I definitely feel temperature changes. I feel almost like heat. Mm-hmm. It's like coldness, but heat. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. Um, but I just I just feel like there's 
It's like, like a Bahama breeze. Like a hand. Like almost like if you take your hand right here mm-hmm. and put it right by your head, like yeah. that's what it feels like. It's yeah. like having something here. I feel a denseness. Mm-hmm. Like I get Density. A very, a very mm-hmm. like thick, like a thickening right here. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it thick. I like it thick, like thicky thick right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel that like pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. The best way I can describe this for somebody that's a non-medium would be like you're at home, right? But you're with somebody else, but they're in another room and you're aware that they're there and you can feel that they're there. Like, you know, you're not alone, mm-hmm. but you know that they're in the house, but you just mm-hmm. can't see them. Yeah. So ways that you can uh, practice your clairsentience. A couple of things that that I would say is first be aware of what's yours and what's not yours before you you dive into doing a reading or anything, because that's the big thing is like, is this my emotion? Is this my body? Know what is your emotions and and all of that in your body before you start doing a reading. And that's going to help get your mental mind out of that, Mm because I see a lot of people kind of going, does my head hurt or is this spirit telling me that they had head pain? So the more that you can decipher, like, no, this, this isn't mine and knowing what's yours and not yours before you step into doing into a reading space, I think that helps just kind of take out the doubt, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of self-doubt anyway with any kind of mediumship or psychic work, right? Um, second thing is like you said, looking at pictures, what's the mood of the picture, Um going into different spaces. How do we feel in different spaces? What's the emotion in different spaces? Um, kind of getting a take on, not reading people, but like getting a take on people when we first meet them. I think we we are taught as humans to mistrust our, our initial gut and intuition as we get older. And so starting to trust our initial gut or intuition on how somebody makes us feel the second we meet them. Yep. And, and how does that play out? Are we correct down the road? Were we right about that person as we get to know them better? You know, those are some, some ways that we can do that. But did Matt and I spend a lot of time on Claire Sent- sentience? You're damn right. We did yeah. <laughs> because oh, yeah, we it did. is, it is the most important Claire that in mediumship it. I love that, Claire. You know, I call that Claire my system mm. check. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't come in with a feeling, mm-mm. I mm-hmm. I'll usually hold off until because spirit, when they want you to get to a, a point and they want you to say it, sometimes it'll come through with like a feeling of like a Coke bottle feeling where you're like, I got to do this or I'm going to explode. Um, sometimes it'll I'll just release it until it does that. Mm-hmm. So that way, it's not that I'm distrusting the information, but I want a system jacket where I'm like, mm, if you want to bring that back up again, I'm going to say it again. I'll say it for you, but you got to bring it back up. And so I'll just release it mm-hmm. or I'll write it down. Like as like when you guys see me write, uh, like if you watch me read, sometimes I'll write things down and I'll just get it out of my body and I'm going to give it, but I'm just going to get it out of my body and just let it cook for a little bit. And then I'm going to keep going. And I know it's like, give what you get and all that stuff. But sometimes I like to just throw it back to them of being like, that seems important. I want more context to that. So I'm going to keep going and they'll bring it back up. They'll bring it back up. Like if you're giving me like a number seven, right? So I'm seeing a seven and I don't feel it's related to like a person. Because you can get that feeling too where like, Mm -hmm. oh, ooh, ooh, Dana, Willie, ooh, ooh, ooh. This actually, I have a, I had a thought, and let me know if you this. So, do you ever see like um, numbers, like right? So you, you mm-hmm. one through ten, 
Do you ever associate them with a masculine or a feminine energy? Interesting. No, that's I interesting. Do. I do. Huh. Like certain situations, like months, I also get like a masculine or a feminine energy. So that's what I practice doing. I'm being like, one is a, a feminine um a feminine energy and two is a masculine energy to me so i'll get feelings with numbers where i'm like oh i just had an unfoldment issue right here but i really will i'll associate january i feel has a masculine energy where february has a feminine energy and march would be like a a younger energy for me Hmm. that is weird interesting interesting that's just a little little a little, little hum- moment in Matt's brain. A Hope you guys enjoyed. But that's kind of how I um, associate things with feeling, right? So like I'll write down that number and I'll be like, I need to feel into that. What are you referencing to that? And so mm-hmm. I'll just, I want to make sure that I'm I'm not just going to be like, Dana, Willie seven. <laughs> well, and let's, let's be honest, just so mm-hmm. whether, whether, cause that, I've never felt that. So that's fine. Maybe, maybe that'll be an unlock for me someday, but mm-hmm. we have to remember that there's always a reason that spirits p- pulling a piece of information for yeah. They're not just saying things just to like say things. Mm-hmm. There's always a reason for it. Like what is the feeling behind them pulling this forward? If they want to talk about their sister, if they're just mentioning a sister why are they mentioning a sister? Like, how do they feel about their sister? And that can be a very simple thing to be like, they're talking about a sister. Do you understand a sister? Yes. And as I'm feeling into this sister, I feel like there would have been a lot of like discontent with this sister. I feel like, like Mm -hmm. we didn't talk towards the end. Like we can feel into like the relationship between the spirit loved one and the sister and be like, this doesn't feel like they got along very well. And at, you know, like they didn't talk it towards the end. Do you understand that? Yes. So that's where that clairsentience can pop in of like, Mm -hmm. how did that dynamic feel with that? So we have that initial stimulus, however that came in and then we can feel into things. So clairsentience, number one thing, develop it, develop it, develop it. It will be your best friend. I absolutely like that is I know clairvoyance is so cool, but I really think like clairsentience is is is, is the bee's knees staple mm-hmm. backbone. Um, I feel like there's certain clairs that are more primary, like primary clairs. I think clairaudient, clairsentient and clairvoyance are typically the ones that are like the bread and butter ones that people usually will have right yeah i th- always think that claire gustins and claire aliens are the ones that are usually like tertiary yeah claire's mm-hmm. that, that you could get by without them mm-hmm. but they're good to have you want to be yeah well-rounded. they're nice they're nice to have but the claire so, sentience mm, she the body yaddy, she, yaddy. she she the best so you mentioned clairvoyance and mm-hmm. and as i said before even though i was i was like the weird i was the weird medium not only am I the weird girl because I talk to dead people, but I was the weird girl in the, with the weird people because I didn't see pe- see things like the other mediums. It doesn't have that I hear dead people ring to it. No. I heard the dead people. I didn't see them. Um, so let's talk about clairvoyance, clear seeing. So the biggest misconception that I get with, with this is people think that we're actually seeing them outside, outside of our mind. Mm-hmm. Now, I have seen apparitions outside of so my mind's eye. It can happen, but that is not how we typically, how it typically happens for us. 
Let me say, if you see spirit outside your body, you are motherfucking mediumship gold. Okay, because that is like, that is some like, every medium wants to see them outside their body. We it, don't, it's we real don't. cool. It, it, do, it, it, it happens every once in a while. It is not how it happens all the time. It's usually out of the corner of our eye. It'll be out of the peripheral vision. I will not look directly at somebody and they will not look directly back at me. It's only happened, I think, one time. Um, and it's also, well, it okay, weirdly enough, I'm trying to correlate this and I'm trying to discover this as I roll through as a medium for the rest of my life that usually like when I usually see spirit outside the body, it usually happens during thunderstorms. Maybe it's the electric. I think it's electricity that helps create that. But I don't know. That's just me. I'm. I'm, It's a working theory. Hmm. Clocking in for Doctor Scientist Matt of being like, (laughs) is this? Is this? Can this happen? Excuse me. Um, Seeing. Let's get to seeing because seeing is the one. But how do you? How do we actually see them more often than not in our mind's eye, like a daydream? Yes. Do you remember when you were a little kid and you were playing house? And this, I use this analogy in circle and you can bear with me where you picked up an object and you'd pretend it was a phone. Mm-hmm. But to you and your little imagination as a kid, it was a phone. Like you, mm-hmm. you fucking believed it was a phone. That's kind of how we see it in our mind's eyes. Like we use that imaginary uh, part of our brain, that creative part of our brain, and it will use it to play it like a little motion picture in our head. But it is in flashes it's like turning the tv on and then turning it off Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's usually at the very beginning they're very subtle they're very like but as you work on it you can actually be able to recall and hold the image a little bit longer i wouldn't say it stays forever but sometimes spirit i know with me they just recently started doing this where they'll hold the image enough to where I can pull more vivid detail out of it and then it's gone. But my job is to just recall the major points of what they're showing to me. So I'm not seeing a full 3D scope picture like I would see looking at you. I see like a little bit of a hazy part of you that's like, enough detail to make you out but not enough to like count your eyelashes does that make sense Mm -hmm. and it's like this daydreamy part in my head that i'm i'm kind of seeing and i'm just recalling what the major parts of it are and so sometimes it'll feel like i'm actually looking out here but in my mind's eye i'm recalling everything it's like trying to remember a memory from yesterday it's enough that you can recall it but not enough to be in the moment does that make sense Mm -hmm. so it's just picking up the major parts of it they're going to show you the major things i like that you said that because i think again i think everybody thinks that we are looking at a full face and like looking at every piece and part of them um what has helped me um is recognizing that it's not that Right. So mm-hmm. I was getting clairvoyant images the whole time, but I was dismissing it because it wasn't as I had expected it to yes. be. I was getting a quick flash of something and then it would be gone. Mm-hmm. And so I dismissed it because it just kind of flew in and flew out. Um, the other thing is um, I would get like somebody's nose and I was like, well, they didn't show me their whole face. So I wasn't really seeing it. But what I started to lean into is, well, there's a reason they just showed me a nose. So I would just start talking about like, would you understand that this person had a predominant nose or like what seemed special about the news nose that they just flashed at me? Would you notice, would you understand that they had like a ball nose? 
you know, or start mm-hmm. to describe that one piece or feature that they flashed at me. And that was the unlock. That was like, the sitter would be like, oh yes, I absolutely understand that, whatever. Um, and just start to give what you're getting. And it takes trust <laughs> to like, just start to feed into like why and and, and what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something quite frankly, I'm still working on. Um, I think there's the, we'll get, I want to touch on this for a second because there are readers like you that are very clairvoyant and it's very easy to lean in on that because you get these amazing visions in front of you with a lot of detail, even if they are just there for a moment that you can lean in and start to describe, or it's just me like, I saw a nose, wee! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) But there are other clairs that I have that I lean into because I'm very strong in those that when I get something that's clairvoyant, I'm like, mm, I, I feel more comfortable in this. So I'm going to lean in on this. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to lean in on what we are more comfortable with and better at. Yes. And so very often people will say, well, I don't have that clair or I'm not good at that clair. It's because we don't really give an opportunity to develop the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree so with you. I, you know, I'm using this for clairvoyance because this is the Claire that I have the most opportunity with right now in my mediumship, um, in growing. So I'm really trying to, every time they give me a visual, I'm trying my best to like leave all my cl- other Claire's behind and like, I'm going to lean everything I have on this visual and just give as much as I can because the, te- the, the safe place to be is to lean back into what I'm good at and what I'm, what my strengths are. So I just, I'm giving, cause this is my vulnerable spot. This is what, how I lean in and work on my vulnerable spot. Can I tell you what they've started doing with me? Hmm. I'm bragging now. They've started moving the image. Like um, it's no longer just a flash of it. And now Mm -hmm. it's like a memory, like a memory movement of like a little clip of it. Mm-hmm. So like I'll see like the grandma, she'll have her like her thing and she'll turn her head and she'll look back at me. So now I'm actually starting to get movement into my visuals oh, of, so how cool. the, of how they would like move or like the moment of like when I saw them. Um, yeah, so it's really cool. So there's there's more to unlock as you develop these. And pretty soon it could probably be like a, like a whole five minute movie in my head. Yeah. But I'm really loving this like 30 second shift thing that they're doing. Also with clairvoyancy too, what's really unusual in an experience that you re- when you really surrender to the clairvoyancy is when everything around you, even when you're physically in this room, kind of has this like black haze in real life and you're so gone into your clairvoyancy just where it is that you just are so surrendered to it that everything you physically are seeing in in this world is black like it just you're you're completely not here and then the minute you snap back you're like oh yeah i'm in the room (laughs) well then i i came to you with this the other day Uh because i told you like as i just shared with all of you like this is where i'm really trying to focus a lot of my my development and growth right now and i came to matt the other day because i i watch back my readings and I recommend all of you to do this if you can. Watch back your readings, see where you have your opportunities for growth. And the other day I was like, I got to start opening my eyes during my readings. Like my eyes, 
why am I closing my eyes during my readings? I got to start opening my eyes. When did I start doing this? And I watched back the reading and my eyes were open the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? And then I, and I did it again after another reading. And I was like, wait a second. Why can't I? I thought my eyes were closed the whole time, Mm-mm. but no, my eyes were open. And I called Matt and I was like, what are they doing? What's going on? And he's like, this is how they're working on your clairvoyance. And I went, oh, oh, cool. It's neat, isn't it? Remember? Okay. So for those of you who don't know, me and Dana went to Sedona and she got to watch me read in real life. And you were like, Matt, you checked out. That's what happens to me. It's not that I'm gone anywhere. It's just my awareness is so into the image of what they showed me that I no longer can see in the room. It's like they've shut off my physical vision for my th- uh, for my vision in my noggin. It was really, it's been it's cool. like kind of a wild ride of like, like literally I thought my eyes were closed in those mm-hmm. readings. It wasn't, it was only because I watched those readings back that I realized my eyes were actually open. So I tried to challenge myself to take away my clairvoyancy so mm-hmm. I could lean into other clairs mm-hmm. and I had my eyes closed the entire time. <laughs> How funny is that? I was like, you should open your eyes. <laughs> I remember <laughs> saying that to myself. So yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's awesome. No, we, we play around with it. So what are some ways that we can improve our clairvoyance? So what I'm doing is, you know, and with any Claire mm-hmm. is stop leaning in on what you're really strong on. So this is just number yeah. one, like any Claire that you want to emphasize or, or work on, stop trying to lean on what you're really good at. Give the Claire that you're trying to work on a chance to to do something, right? When it does present itself to work on, work on it. Um, So that's something that I'm doing. And lean in on describing every bit of it. Now, this is a tricky one for me and something that I, again, am actively doing. My, My thing is like, for me, when I see a face, I'm like, well, they had two eyes and a mouth and a nose. It's hard for me to like describe the nuance of somebody's face. So I'm really trying to learn some descriptive ways of how to describe somebody's appearance. How would I describe somebody? So something that I've been actively working on is if I see like a magazine cover or I'm watching a television show, I take a moment and if nobody's around, I out loud will start describing their appearance. Uh They have longer length uh, brown hair. It's curly. They have kind of an angular face. They have kind of a pointier, longer nose, brown eyes. And I'm just trying to add some verbiage to describe the stimuli that I'm getting. Cause we yes. get into mediumship mode into spirit brain and it gets hard to find our words. So the more that we can give some words to describe what we're getting, Um, I think that helps. I've also found that kind of going into a meditative state and just starting to daydream about different stimuli, whether it's like an orange Mm -hmm. or just, I mean, it can be anything. It could be a feather, whatever you want it to be. And just like turning it around in your mind's eye, giving it as much detail as you can, um, letting yourself daydream, imaginative thinking and stuff like that can be really helpful to just get those wheels turning a little bit. Yeah, uh, art, art is fantastic uh, for developing your clairvoyancy is consuming more art. Um, What I would really suggest too is you can do it with a buddy where you are watching TV and you face the TV for a second, you have your friend push pause and then you turn around and then you validate 
what was actually on the TV to the person that's there and they can say yes or no. Or you can do it by yourself where you turn the channel, press pause, turn your TV off, and then turn it back on. Mm -hmm. uh, another easier way that you don't have to worry about the batteries and all that stuff in your remote is grabbing like a, like a people magazine because they have a lot of pictures, opening it up, shutting it really quick, and then recalling it, writing it down, everything that you saw. And then you can open it back up to the page that you were on and you can validate what you were saying. Um, and also uh, the reason why I'm saying art is art will also get help you get tone and you can develop clear sentience while you're doing your clear voyance. Mm -hmm. So you can develop two clears at once. <laughs> two for one. <laughs> so those are some ways that you can do clairvoyance, but let's get to clairaudience because everybody, you had said that typically clairaudience is one of the last things mm -hmm. that people will develop. And everybody wants those names. Everybody wants to get a name in a mediumship reading. We know this. Getting clairaudience typically takes a good level of surrender. Mm -hmm. A lot of, of deepening of your practice to get, and that's typically why it's the last one to come in. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know what? Because they, they hook you. Mm -hmm. They hook you in. You got to work like, for it. They're reeling you in. And then when you're on their line, dangling in the spirit world, fishing tournament, they're like, mm, we got you. Yeah. I did not have Claire uh, audience for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I was one of those Claire's. So we were reversed. Yeah. I think we dismiss, it was an unlock for me to realize that Clara audience will very often come in your own voice. Mm -hmm. So we all have that voice within our head that's in our own voice, right? Mm -hmm. And do you know that's not actually a common thing? Do you know there's actually people in there that, uh, in the world that don't have an inner monologue? No way. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? There's a study that went around and people actually will not hear themselves in their head. They don't, oh have, an, they don't have an inner dialogue. What is that like? That's got to be so freaking weird because that's my whole life or day, every oh, day. Oh, 100%. So I'm holding space for those people. <laughs> I don't know. What has that got to be like? Because my, my head never shuts up. Oh, can you imagine not hearing anything and all of a sudden you hear, hi, I'm George. And you're like... <laughs> but honestly it was it was so for me a big part of it was realizing like what is my voice what is mm -hmm. the dana voice and then what is actually voice that is not me and that was tricky it was a lot about pronouns and and all of that but when you're clearing your mind and when you're kind of in that space of like okay i'm just i'm just going to be a clear conduit and you're kind of this blank slate and all of a sudden you hear george <laughs> out of nowhere and it may be in your voice in your mm -hmm. voice that you've been talking to yourself all these years if you're that's one how, of those people that's how i hear it it can happen um sometimes it'll happen out it mostly will happen inside of our head mm -hmm. right but i get it outside of my head sometimes they'll come right next to my head and they'll talk to me typically if it's outside of my head it will be in their voice I will actually hear it in their voice and it'll be outside of my head. Um, but I will hear, um, and then sometimes it'll come in their voice. Um, and that's cool because I can feel, hear nuances mm -hmm. that goes into that clear sentience, but I can hear a lot of personality. I can get a lot of personality from their voice. Um, I love when I hear them giggle. That's also clairvoyance because we're hearing a giggle. 
Um, and I can, um, I love when I hear them laugh and I can also feel them laugh. So I can feel like if they had like more of a chest laugh or a belly laugh, like they'll make me feel like where the laugh would come from in their bodies. And if they would move their whole body and like, I can hear it. Um, so that's really cool. That's one of my favorite things, but Claire audience can also be getting an earworm, like a song that comes in and just starts playing. Um, and those can be beautiful pieces of evidence to get as well. You know what I call that? Hmm. Hearing heaven. Ooh. <laughs> you got to have eyelashes for that, though. True, true. Um, no, but it's really it's, it's really true. Like uh, music and earworms are huge. And I think those are also dismissed. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when I first started getting my clear audience, it was more songs. Mm -hmm. because that's the easy way that they could reference to me. And then as I started to go, I would also get, uh, they used another clear to also help me develop my um, clear audience, my clear sentience. Cause then like, uh, if I heard a voice, they'd make my throat scratchy. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, they got a very scratchy throat, don't they? Right. Yep. And so like, they'll use multiple clears to help support another one. Uh, but their Claire audience was really hard to get. It was really hard to get. And I put so much pressure on it. But then I started to realize that I was expecting a different result. So I wasn't recognizing it for what it was. And mm -hmm. so that's when I thought I was broken. But I was like, this whole time I've been getting fucking information. And I've been overthinking it. Mm -hmm. And I put so much expectation to hear, hi, I'm Mike, rather than hi, I'm Mike. Yeah. Or right? it's just Mike. Mike. Or her name is Rio and she, <laughs> she dances on you, me? you know, like mm -hmm. you're hearing all this stuff, but you think it's just you. Well, no, it's, it, it was the risk of giving what I was getting to help me recognize that that was something. And I was like, okay, now it's great. Yeah. The, the, this is awesome. Um, and so I really kind of rely on Claire uh, audience for more of like tone reflection of the way that mm -hmm. their personality was uh names uh so much they do give me clairvoyant names like i'll fear interesting I'll, but i i also think that there's uh like a uh hybrid claire between both like when they work together at once uh, well, that's, because that's just compounding your clairs right? yeah but i think it's more like i think it's still clairaudient if they're spelling words out in your head right? Because you're trying to sound it out in a little bit of a way. Um, and I think like when they try to go slow to be like, my name is Bob, and you're not getting it, it's B-O-B, right? And you're seeing it. So you're having to have that um, context of reading. And I feel that that's also a little bit of a clear, audience clear, um, voyant hybrid. Um, so I've heard other mediums being like, no, that's clear. That's clear um audience as well but i don't want to put so much weight on that but i believe yeah. it is a hybrid of both. i i've heard different opinions on that i've heard people were like no that's clairvoyant that you're mm -hmm. seeing the letters that's clairvoyant mm -hmm. um so you know everybody's got an but opinion as, but but as i was re uh looking at them and it was sounding it out it was starting to come in their voice saying it so i like, love it, it yeah it's it's unusual how they can cross contaminate each other cross -contaminate. i don't know i don't know hybrid 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 yeah. Yeah, no so it's really cool so it's it's playing around with that but i think the biggest part that we dismiss is that we're like oh i heard that song earlier today so i'm gonna dismiss the song or um feeling maybe that was the reason why you heard that song that day 
Amen. <laughs> Amen. Or we dismiss it because it came in our own voice or, mm-hmm. or different things like that. So just having some patience around Claire audience. And I think it's, you know, we also expect it to be like, my name's Bob. No, sometimes it's just like, Bob. Bob. <laughs> what, what's Bob stand for? Robert? Pack of bones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, we have to remember that we're hit, being hit with like a bunch of other different stimuli. And, mm-hmm. and going back to like, let's say you're, you're strong as Claire is clairvoyance. You're like, oh, look at this beautiful, amazing image. And you're so focused on this image. And if you hear whispered in, you're not focused on that you, little whisper. You're so focused on this image, right? You missed the boat. You missed, you missed the Bob. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's, it's just noticing that there's other things going on sometimes. I agree with you. So one of the ways that we always say, you know, it's, it's having opportunity and, and leaning in on if just give it all. If something mm-hmm. randomly comes in, the worst thing somebody's going to say is, no, I can't take that. And that's totally fine. Um, give what you get. Don't throw a fit. But go into a busy space, right? Like if mm-hmm. uh, go into like a, a train station or a busy, busy, crowded place and see if you can pinpoint somebody else's voice in that area. Um, listen to a song and see if you can pull out one of the instruments and just listen to the piano in that Ooh. song. That's good. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, exposure. All these clairs. If you haven't noticed, with all these clairs, these recommendations to improve them is it's just exposing yourself to more mm-hmm. and learning and, and digesting as much. Because I feel like with every experience you have, whether it's a book or a movie or a museum or a first date or the or, or uh, a TV show, the more you expose yourself, the more that spirit can work off of a um, canvas, mm-hmm. right? And they can just fill in the canvas. So learn, learn as yeah. much as you can. Um, songs are great. Mm-hmm. Music is great. M- music moves us. So I always say, listen to a lot of music. Yeah. And there's emotion. <laughs> there's that clairsentience again, right? Mm-hmm. Claircognizance. Oh. That clear knowing. Now, claircognizance, when I'm going psychic, is a lot of how I work. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, that's most of the information that I get. I actually wear work when I'm working psychically, it's mostly clairsentient and claircognizant that is really how I lean in on most of my psychic stuff. Medium mystically. I don't really go into claircognizant mm-hmm. uh, or clear knowing until I'm hit the peak of my power. Correct. And then I just, it's almost, I don't know if you want to call it channeling, but I almost just, I just turn into a funnel where I'm just like, and I just start speaking and it's just what I know, whatever's going to come out of my mouth is correct. Um, And I just, it just comes in and goes Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's really funny because you'll never hear a medium really kind of say, I know that, that unless they're getting really aggressive because you said no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but usually that clear cognizance, more psychic stuff. Like I usually will use it for more psychism. Um, and I, I, I'm i not going to add anything that you said to anything, but it's us. I always say like, for some reason, I associate clear uh, cognizance with just like a fist going down. Mm-hmm. You're like, you just fucking know it. You don't know how. Mm-hmm but you just do. And usually that'll come through with sometimes like spirit will impress something on me, like a name mm-hmm. or they'll be like Judy, but it's not in reference to them. It's a reference to somebody alive that they mm-hmm. want me to say hi to. And that's how like, I'll know I'll be like, 
who's Judy? Because we need to say hi to Judy. And that's like the, how the clear cognizance will come through for like a reference to somebody living that they want to say hi to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like my clear cognizance experience with that, but it's more psychic. Um, mm-hmm. A great way to develop your clear cognizance is like tarot psychic intuition exercises um those have a lot more to do with a little bit more of a knowing it's more gut trusting it's more Mm -hmm. following your intuition um that will not only develop other clairs because they if you haven't noticed they all work together um that developing one will develop them all yeah um and so even taking a break sometimes can make them stronger because putting stress on tension, especially on clear cognizance. I always yeah. like, take a break. If you're, if you're trying to develop clear cognizance, take a break. <laughs> Just have like a five minute siesta here. Well, and honestly, like I said, clear cognizance usually comes in for me during a mediumship reading when mm-hmm. I am in full surrender mm-hmm. and I'm in full trust mode. So the best way for it to start to come through in a reading is just to give everything that you're Correct. getting and, and you're just going to fall into the flow. You're just going to, I'm just going to give everything that's coming in and I'm just going to give you, give you what I got. I'm not going to try to make sense of anything. I'm not going to interpret it. Even if it's the weirdest thing that pops into your head, just give it, just give it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the best things that you guys can do for, for that. Um, but it's a it's a lot of a trust fall of just like, it's almost like, I almost feel like with claircognizance, like it's a tube that goes in from spirit out my mouth and there's just, there's no check. It just goes. Yeah. I think that's when they come up to you and when they're fully blended with you during the peak of your power, they're like, yes, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, like you just know that they're cheering you on in that moment. Cause you usually will, what we refer to as a love bomb as -hmm. they'll really kind of fully blend with you. And then they're like, okay, now's our time to say everything we got to say guys that that we we've hit this beautiful spot and they just cheer you on and give you the fastest information possible. Um, So I think they wait. I think they're like sneaky little romancers. I think they warm us up. They're like, you worked for this. I'm Mm going to go ahead and give it to you now, baby. They warm you up and they're like, "Mm, let me just lift my shirt up for you. And then when you fully think, they're like, oh, yeah. (laughs) But I think they get excited when we we hit that sweet spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, So so clear gustance and clear aliens is, is what we have left. And those are like, like you said, they're tertiary. Um, and some people will even put those under clairsentient because um, yeah. you're feeling things. But the cool thing about clair, clair smelling and clair tasting is like when they come in, you can't, those are usually like on, on the nose. Like mm-hmm. it's very rare that those are incorrect uh, stimuli coming through or that like, those are usually like so accurate. <laughs> Same thing with clear audience. Mm-hmm. They're so accurate because they're so like, whoa, they came out of nowhere. Like I just got hit with a smell of cigarette smoke and there's no cigarette smoke around me. So like, like they're just like, they hit you really hard. Um, but I think, you know, along with, um, all of the, uh, these other clairs, and I think Matt, you've talked to about this is the more stimuli that we can present ourselves with, uh, experiences, books, movies, different types of food even, right? Mm -hmm. The more, you know, spirit is always working off of our dictionary or our reference or our life to, to feed off of those things as references to give us when in a reading. So the more that we have those, 
the more that they have to work with in a reading. So just go live life. And I think that's going to help out as well. Yeah. We're not asking you to go lick the sidewalk. Okay. No, we don't don't need that. But we're saying go experience my glutes and popcorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're allergic. I'm, it's also, it's also important to be, be human. So, so Matt, we, we've, we've given these, these kids lots of information about what a Claire is, some ways to develop them, maybe some ways that they've disregarded, but and they may have read books, they may have watched or listened to this podcast or other podcasts or other things or listened to people or watch people read. And they're like, but how do I even get started trying all of this stuff? Go to development circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have an amazing thing. Can we self plug? I mean, this is our podcast. Okay, good. Motherfucker, because I'm going to self plug. All right. So let's get connected. Is something that we do usually on Thursdays. This is a timeless podcast, so you can usually go to a, uh, a development circle if you can't make it to Let's Get Connected. But starting to just come play. So like you've listened to this podcast, you've read books on mediumship, but you will never know what it's like until you put yourself in an immersive, safe place to where you can fall down in front of others and they can fall down in front of you because we're there to learn and grow. We're not there to be amazing. Okay. And so it's a place where you can stretch and you can flex. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can learn in a safe controlled environment. So like mm-hmm. actually developing your clairs is a lot about doing because spirit communicates with us very differently. And if you haven't noticed this clear audience over here and Mr. Clairvoyant, it's not going to, you're not going to know until you get into a development circle. So I highly encourage you to come to one of our development circles. And that is at mattandana.com. That's M-E-T-A-N-D-D-A-N-A.com. And you can go to classes or book now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, finding a place where you can practice because you can read every book mm-hmm. and you obviously, you know, I hope, hope we gave you a lot of great information today, but you know, it, it doesn't matter until you start practicing and working with some of the things that we talked about. You got to actually, you got to work it. It's like going to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Even, you know, as I was talking about working on my clairvoyance, I can't just like go I'm trying. I'm working on it. I got to actually do readings and and do it yeah. in real life, right? So development circles are a great place for that. But I have another question, Matt, because this comes up a lot. Oh, but, but Jesus. Oh, but, no, don't be scared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a lot of people who are brand new to mediumship asking for mentorship. What is your feeling on mentorship? All right. So mentorship is more of a finesse. It's more of something that you're wanting to work on, like one thing. Okay. So I don't really kind of see mentorship as a foundational thing. Okay. Cause it can be very expensive, very expensive for a mentor. Um, so my advice, unless you're getting a free mentor, then good on you. <laughs> I want your life, but really development circles are more there for like foundational, uh, exercises, more foundational practices. There are mediumship classes that you can learn mediumship, um, basics, but really mentorship is more finessing that little bit of you that you're just kind of like, I know I have it. I'm working on my clairvoyance, but I need help in just learning 
for somebody to walk me through what their process would be or like giving me critique and feedback or seeing something that I'm not seeing, right? Because I always associate our mediumship, like living in our own home. We always think it's dirty. And then we're apologizing to the neighbor when they come in to borrow sugar, but the house is fucking clean. Mm-hmm. Somebody else might see something different, right? So mm-hmm. that's what mentorship is really about. It's more of seeing something different and helping guide you through it. It can be very expensive. I'm in mentorship now. It is very expensive. Is it worth it? Yes. But I would wait like a good rule of thumb for me, if I'm honest, one to two years in is kind of where I would go. You know, like understanding that you can make a connection, you can establish a connection, and your accuracy rate is probably about 80 to 85%. And say you're ready for a mentor. What about for you? Yeah. So for me, it's, I would agree with you. I think that, um, development circles, the purpose of development circles is really get miles under your belt. It's really getting all the practice in that you can. It's a safe place to try some new things to be okay to get a no. Like if I'm going to go in and really work on my clairvoyance, I want to be in a place where it's like, no, no, no. And I'm just learning to trust the images that I'm getting. And it's okay for me not to lean in. I'm not doing a professional reading. I'm not reading for the public. I'm reading for another medium. It's a safe place to grow, have support, right? So whether you're brand new to mediumship or you're um, a professional medium learning working on like one specific thing, development circles, even if you are in mentorship, is a great place to just get miles underneath <laughs> the tires, right? Just to to work things out. It's It's like going to the gym, right? I agree. For me, mentorship is about, um, I think you said it really well of like having a new set of eyes on, on what you're doing. If you're hitting a plateau period in your mediumship and you're like, oh, I want to get past this one point. I need a new set of eyes that, uh, putting the, a, a little cherry on top mentorship's really good for that. Um, mentorship is extremely expensive. Um, development circles aren't free, but they're far, far, far more affordable Mm -hmm. and with the right. And yes, we, we're, we're promoting ourselves because this is our podcast and we do own a company that teaches development, but there are tons of other development circles out there where we don't have the only one. I think we have a really amazing one, but there are other ones out there as well. Like I, I, I kind of always push people towards development circles for as much as you can, and then doing mentorship here and there as you need to finesse your mediumship when love, you need it. I love it, Willie. Because we get that question all the time, and we get we and, and Matt and I do mentor. We have a, a mentorship program as well, but um, we get reached out to with a lot of inquiries for the mentorship, and it's like they haven't even gone to a development circle yet. So it's like go go first. And one thing that I would that I will tell all of you before you go and seek mentorship from anybody, go to a development circle from them first, watch them read mm-hmm. and make sure that you, and, and it doesn't mean that they're a bad person, but make sure you vibe with their teaching style. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I a hundred percent agree. Oh, like you just said that in such a beautiful thing. But if they don't vibe with their teaching style, also be prepared with mentorship too, that, 
um, I definitely want to say this, uh, is that mentors are there to push you. They're not there Mm -hmm. to be your friend. They're not there to hold your hand and tell you how great you are. Mentors are there to give you the things that you need to hear, not the things that you want to hear. So if you're going to a mentor to be like, how great am I? You're not going to get that in the mentorship. They're going to be like, that's great that you can do that, but we need to talk about X, Y, and Z and how this is affecting your mediumship and X, Y, and Z. So they're there to push you. They're not there to be your friend. And, and, and so conversely, conversely, mm-hmm. what is the, per- if, if, if that's why you're if, if that's the mentor that you have, what's the purpose of you going to mentorship? Yeah. To tell you how great you are. Mm-hmm. Cause we were, we're, we're there to go to development circle. We're there to go to mentorship, to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that like your mentor, sh- there should be a good balance. Like if you're doing something good, they should say you're doing something exactly. well, yeah. right? It, it shouldn't be like really hard all the time, but they should be calling a duck a duck. If there's Correct. something that needs to be addressed, they should be addressing it. I agree. I think a really great mentor as well will uh, lift you up, but mm-hmm. will also challenge you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make you sweat. And they're going mm-hmm. to watch you get uncomfortable because their job is to put you in uncomfortable positions. So make sure that you can take feedback. <laughs> if you go to a mentor, make sure you can take feedback and mm-hmm. listen. If you do get a mentor, listen, they know what they're doing. Listen to them. It doesn't matter how it works for you. They know what they're doing because they're a working medium themselves, most likely. Well, and if you've been, done a good job of vetting yeah. your your mentor, yeah. they but they are they're most likely a working medium, and they're most likely really kind of been in your shoes before, so they know what it's like for to be you. So yeah. a little bit of association, but so that's just my two cents on mentorships. Yeah, I think I, so there's a lot of different options for you to step forward, to develop, to practice. And we gave you some ways that you can practice this at home, mm-hmm. right? And we got, gave you some options if you want to practice in a development circle. And then someday if you want to do mentorship, but you guys have this, the spirit world is excited to work with you. I think that's important to note that you guys are all worthy. Everybody has these abilities. Everybody has these clairs. They're all available to you, but just don't, don't keep leaning on that one. You're really good on. They're all available. Stop relying on that body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Dana, Willie, I I love you. I I love you. I just need to say that. And um, thank you all to the listeners and do something nice for yourself today and go buy yourself a watermelon kombucha. Oh, okay. I like Hello. regularity now. Oh, well, <laughs> nothing like being on antibiotics to do that for somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys are the light of 100,000 watermelon kombuchas. You uh, are the light. Love hearing those words. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye. See you all.